Welcome to Two Peas on a Pod. My name is Peyton, and joining me as always is my brother Parker. Happy Monday, Parker. How are you doing today? Man, I'm good. Um, you know, Cowboys clinched the two seed, and I couldn't be more satisfied, man. I'm excited. We got NFL playoffs coming on um, next week, and we also have the college football championship tonight, which comes on after we are done recording, so we won't talk much about that since we already have, but other than that, man, it's been a good week. Yeah, it, so... You know, we're not going to talk about it, but there's one thing I do want to ask you, regardless of the results, I think this is still a possibility because uh, if Michigan wins or if Michigan loses, I, I think it's something to consider. Do you think that regardless of the result, do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to the NFL no matter what? Oh, man, that's that's tough to say because I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards yes. I mean, I, I think if they win one, he might. I mean, why wouldn't he stay? I think because if he wins one, I think he's proven all that he needs to prove at Michigan. I mean, this has been his whole goal is to win one at the collegiate level. And then I think at that point, I mean, not that he can't, not that he wouldn't get any job he wanted in the NFL, but I think that like he far and away, like just theoretically speaking, let's say the, I don't know, the Cowboys. I don't know if he would coach. You want to see Harbaugh, you want to see Harbaugh in Atlanta. No, I, I actually, you know, I actually don't want to see him in Atlanta, but I do think he could be good for a team like, let's say, the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers would be really good to have a stable force like Harbaugh. But I guess I just wanted to ask you really quick. So you think that if they win, that he might stay, but if he loses, you think he's gone? Yeah, I mean, considering you know, say, I mean, he could he could really build a legacy for college football on himself at Michigan. You know, yeah, it, and. I, that's just the way I see it. Usually when you win one, you get hungry for another. Those people sure. do. Um, it's the reason Tom Brady came back. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, I, you know, we're going to speculate <laughs> on, we'll, we'll see the result. Uh, you know, we'll know the result by the next time we record, but uh, you know, hope you guys enjoy the game. Otherwise uh, let's go ahead and get to some news that took place. And we're going to talk about some head coaches that actually are going to be looking for jobs elsewhere uh, after black Monday took place. And two in particular, Arthur Smith and Ron Rivera are now out of jobs and we're going to talk first about Arthur Smith who you know I, <laughs> the way you put it on this show doc is kind of like out of pocket but whatever well whatever it's it's he's got to go I mean, <laughs> so for those of you I'm just gonna say it because we might get we're not getting canceled I mean we're not a big enough podcast so uh but he Parker wrote hepatitis see you later which is just wild but Anyways, going back to the actual <laughs> news, Arthur Smith, I am thrilled that he's gone. I know that I've talked about this in the past, but I mean, are you happy that he's also gone for the sake of the Falcons' future uh, and especially their young skill players that they have, maybe finally getting a chance to flourish under somebody else not named Arthur Smith? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of their problem in Atlanta, and that's why they are, I mean, we'll get to it, but that's why they're not in the playoffs this year. And as far as Ron Rivera goes, I mean, that that was more so like the writing was on the wall with him, man. And, and that seemed like that was coming for the whole season, if you ask me. I mean, yeah, he's he's been there long enough to kind of, you know, get a grip. And Washington just can't find a way. And yeah. Now, yeah. do you think that with him gone, do you think that they may consider promoting Eric Bieniemy? It's kind of seemed like the worst 
you know, like the worst kept secret as far as that particular job goes. Yeah. I don't really want to touch on that uh, too much, honestly, because um, we can talk all day about what if or who is or where could this person go, where could that person go. But, yeah. you know, uh, Washington's got a lot of work to do other than the head coach, so I'm not too worried about what happens there. We can revisit once we know who kind of lands in those spots if you want to yeah. do that. Uh, but yeah, we can talk a little I mean. bit more about some things that actually happened in regards to injuries. Uh, a few key injuries took place in Week 18 uh, that is definitely going to affect the playoffs next week. And first off, we had Sam Laporta going down with a knee injury. Uh, we're not sure of the severity just yet, but he could be out for the wild card game against the Rams. And then uh, we had two Eagles on this list. We had Jalen Hurts with that nasty finger injury, uh, where I'm sure that you saw it look like, uh, you know, Torrey Holt's finger, where it's off to the side. And um, yeah, not not too pleasant looking. And then A.J. Brown also suffered an injury in that game against the Giants. So the status of those two will really uh, be important to keep up with as they go into their Monday night matchup with the Bucks. And then lastly, we had TJ Watt uh, re-aggravating an, in, a knee injury. I believe he sprained it. Uh, that's really all we know right now. We don't know if he's going to play in that game against the Bills. But uh, we'll keep an eye on all those uh, going forward. But uh, there's a couple of items we wanted to touch on. Um, I mean, going to the NBA, there really isn't a ton of news from the NBA. But uh, we'll go ahead and touch on Draymond Green, his return. Uh, there was some news that came out actually earlier today that he spoke with Adam Silver and he on his podcast, he actually said that he was considering retiring. I have no idea how true that is. Uh, but I mean, he is getting on up there and I think that it's kind of been, you know, suggested that, you know, maybe the Warriors could trade him if things are going downhill this year or maybe even they just, this is kind of the last year of this core of the team with, Clay getting older and not being himself, Draymond being older, still being a really good player, but obviously, you know, having his own troubles on the court. I mean, do you think that with the struggling Warriors team who is, I mean, they're fun, but they're, they're not the Warriors of old that won the championship two years ago. I mean, do you think that this is going to make them a formidable force in the West now that maybe Draymond's well-rested, he'll get ramped up in a week or so? Or do you really think that this isn't really going to help them and that their problems are really deeper than just Draymond be Green being gone? It, it's not about it's not about these guys. Th those three guys, they've, they've done it all. They've won championships together. They've had uh, record-breaking seasons. Um, you're talking about probably one of the greatest um, – dynasties we'll ever see in the game of basketball was in golden state um in the recent you know 10 years or so that being said it's this happens in sports all the time and it's they have a bigger problem it's not it has nothing to do with themselves it's the fact of who's going to stop um who's going to stop Nikola Jokic you know yeah like yeah. like he's he is what you have to get through to get there and if you don't have to get through him you have to get through Devin Booker Kevin Durant you have to get the the West is so talented uh, all yeah. the way around. Yeah, so even with teams like like the Timberwolves and the Thunder now making their way to the top with their young cores, it's it's a different look, conference than it was even a year ago. I mean, you have LeBron, then you have the Mavs. I mean, you have Luka to play against. Most a lot of the NBA's talent is is in the West, and I don't think it's a fact of oh my gosh they're they're digressing so much. I mean, they have a little bit, but I think it's the fact that there are other people in the league now that are in their prime as these guys were in 2014, 2015, 2016 um, when they were winning championships. Let's go ahead and shift into our week 18 recap. Just an FYI it is going to be a little bit shorter than it usually is considering that 
I, we know that a ton of the games did not actually matter in the end of, at the end of the day. So do you want to go ahead and get into our week 18 recap? Yeah, absolutely. All right. And our first game for the week 18 recap is going to be the game that happened on Saturday night, the Houston Texans defeating the Indianapolis Colts 23 to 19 in order to secure a playoff spot. And unbeknownst to them at the time actually won the division uh, due to a game that we'll talk about a little bit after this, but let's talk about this game first. Uh, What were your big takeaways from this game uh, and the Texans going from worst to first in their division this year? So, CJ Stroud being one of the more exciting players to watch, you know, because rookie guy coming to Houston, um, Houston's missed the playoffs the last few years, missed on a couple quarterbacks. They missed on Davis Mills in the last draft. Um, and they finally kind of found a guy that's them, D'Amico Ryan. Uh, you know, kudos to him making the playoffs as well with this team. Uh, they look dangerous, man. They have to start off with the Browns, uh, which we'll talk about later. But um, I think this team could be a possible threat in the playoffs. I, I totally agree. And I mean, they're going to face the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about that matchup here in a little bit. But uh, I, I mean, I am just floored by the ability of CJ Stroud this early on his career in these kind of moments. And, you know, the thing is, we kind of saw this a little bit in that college, you know, the, the college football playoff game that everybody, you know, used as the basis for what he could be at the next level where he shows up when the moments are like the lights are their brightest, you know, mm-hmm. and I, that was the case here. I mean, obviously it was, like, it was against the Colts. I mean, but in the NFL, I mean, these kind of games where this is a playoff environment, truthfully, uh, it, it, that is when you have to show up. And I, I think he did just that. There were a few throws that just, I mean, especially the one that made the rounds on social media where he kind of scrambles around, takes about a five to 10 yard backdrop and finds, I believe, I can't remember if it was Nico Collins or not, but he finds a guy cutting to the right on a deep out route towards the sideline. And that's, it's that kind of stuff that really sticks out because I'm getting the same kind of vibes as we did with Justin Herbert when Herbert was a rookie of the ability and the ability to fit balls into tight windows, the accuracy, the composure, um, and CJ Stroud even has more rushing ability than he, than, you know, Herbert did at that time. So seeing CJ Stroud being willing to use mm-hmm. his legs whenever he can, uh, to, to just keep drives alive, keep plays alive is also super encouraging. I don't know that it's going to result in anything, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if they'll win the playoff game. We'll talk about it in a minute, but I, I do think that what they have built on, or, you know, what they have done this year is something that they can absolutely build on. I mean, like, He's doing it with just Nico Collins and pretty much nobody else at wide receiver right now. And they they can only add to the offense going forward. So that's what I have to say about that game. Yeah, okay, I want to make a make it clear that whenever we talk about the Texans uh, in the next part of the show, um that is all the CJ Straub Brown nosing I'm going to do for the show. That was okay. that was everything had to be said there for me. <laughs> You can uh, diverse into that more if you want. Everyone loves C.J. Stroud. Uh, you can't really hate the guy. Good job, Texans. Let's move on to this next one because this next one is kind of scary within the same division. It's definitely the worst loss on the day, I would say. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars taking a just brutal loss to the Tennessee Titans, 28-20. to I don't know that I would necessarily put the blame on Trevor Lawrence, but do you do you feel some type of way about his performance in this game? Um, you know, in this game, I kind of felt the Titans were going to win this game. And that's just because that's what the Titans do. You know, they don't 
they they love spoiling and this division has always been kind of 50 50 almost every game that's played because of the skill level of the teams in the division uh the past you know 10 12 years so coming into this game i didn't expect the jaguars to really run away with it or anything like that um but i really want to blame the jaguars for the last four or five weeks i don't really think it all falls on this game I think they really let it get out of hand uh, late in the season. You know, they had a really terrible second half of the season and they kind of did it to themselves. I mean, they were obviously in this game. They still, if they win, they're in uh, the playoffs, but I mean, the last four or five weeks, they've taken losses where they should have had wins. I know Trevor's been, been uh, hurt, you know, going through a few injuries. Um, But other than that, you know, the, the Jaguars have to get it done in the second half of the season, at least get a couple more wins on their, you know, tacked on their record. But, but you know, they got to win this one. And Trevor played and Trevor didn't perform um, as well as he should have to maybe give his team a win. Yeah. I mean, the people are going to blame Trevor Lawrence and I'm not necessarily in that camp just yet. Um, I, I think Okay. That- well, let me ask you a question. See, this is, this is where it, it gets crazy because you don't want to blame Trevor Lawrence here. If Dak Prescott plays that same exact game and loses to the Titans or loses to, you know, the commanders and misses the playoffs. Let's say it's a make miss playoff scenario. All the blames on Dak Prescott every time. Well, you're it's me talking, not the public. So. Yeah, I know I know that, but I'm I'm just saying that I'm pointing that out that that you know, leave, that's leave never going to be that to find way. a way to you always find a way to bring it back to the Cowboys. It's like you know, every it's, week it well, never fails. <laughs> hey man, and you got to bring it back to the Cowboys cuz we're not going to talk about them this week. So as far as a recap. So I had to get him in there somehow. No, but okay. I, I'm being serious, man. Like I think this falls on Trevor Lawrence. Like it is his third year in the NFL. He has all the talent around him he really needs. He has his guy playing running back that he played at college with that he probably influenced drafting to the Jaguars as well. He gets to the point in the season where he is the one seed in the AFC and then finds a way in the second half of the season to well, miss the playoffs. I, okay. look, look at it that I, way. I get where you're coming from, but I also think that like when you look at it deeper, their their run defense over like the second half of the season deteriorated like a lot. And it showed in this game, like the Tennessee Titans, the one thing they can do well is run the ball and they ran the ball all over the Jags. And then also on the speaking of running the ball, I mean, the other thing that the Jags sucked at in the second half was running the ball. I mean, Travis Etienne, like hot start in the first half of the season. And, you know, as I don't know if you owned him in fantasy, but if you did, you would have known that he was not great in the second half of the season. So, I mean, it it's just one of those things where they're going to have to improve on the interior of the line. I was talking with my friend Zach Couch, who may or may not be listening, and he, he emphasized just how weak the inside of their line is. And that, that kind of proved – you know, to me, like, oh, okay, that, well, I, I've noticed they can't run the ball at all, so it's all on the passing game to try and do everything, and, uh, you know, I was unaware of their their struggles on the interior of the offensive line, and he pointed those out to me, and it kind of just supported what I've watched over the last, really since the Bengals game. I mean, the Bengals game is kind of when everything went downhill towards the end of the season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it, man. They lose to the Browns, which Browns are a playoff team. They lose to the Ravens. Ravens are a playoff team. Lose to the Bucks, uh, which they were down 30 to zero in that game. They lost. They lost 30 to 12, but they were down 30 to zero to the Bucks. And Trevor played the first three quarters. The only reason to play in the fourth because they were so far behind. Right. And that it, that's that's kind of where I'm getting at. Is like you got to beat the Buccaneers, man. For the Jags, you got to beat the Bucks, and then you gotta you gotta beat Jake Browning. I mean, you have yeah. to beat Jake Browning for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. 
That that's probably the worst one because they were in that game the whole time and they they could easily have won that one. But um, I mean, I know that Trevor went out of the game as well. That was when he kind of hurt his ankle. But yeah, tough tough loss for the Jags. I mean, there's things they're gonna have to figure out in the off season. Um, we'll we'll talk about them probably more in our off season discussions. You know, maybe what kind of like what should they do to fix what happened here. Um, they're, they're, we'll probably do a whole episode on teams that need fixing, but I mean, also, you know, one thing we'll talk about the Tennessee side there, Derek Henry had this post game moment on the field where he kind of grabbed the mic and was talking to the Tennessee fans and got kind of like emotional about it. And that, that to me signaled what you also have here, which we kind of think this is Derek Henry's last year as a Tennessee Titan. Yeah. And you know, what's weird about it is the way that he like, and I don't know if you saw his post-game interview, but the way that he wanted to thank all the staff, all the kitchen staff that cooked for him, he named everybody by name, from kitchen staff to security to people that clean the locker rooms, people, you know, he he named a lot of people. And it's almost like he was saying goodbye to them, but it's weird because it's it's almost on the emotional level of he's saying goodbye to football. And I mean, that wouldn't yeah. be the most surprising thing in the world if Derrick Henry came out and said, hey, I'm going to retire. Yeah, and I mean, there there may be a part of him realizing kind of the way that some of these, you know, late career running backs have gone. I mean, like Dalvin Cook signed a, a year-long deal with the Jets late in free agency, and he got waived early in the season. Granted, they weren't in contention, but he was not good for the Jets. And so, I mean, there, that's just one example, but there, there's a lot of these running backs that we've seen that are kind of aging out that they're, they're probably going to go – the same route where they they're going to sign one year deal somewhere. And I mean, they're just going to kind of fade into irrelevance, if you will. And I, I wonder if Derek Henry is the type to say, I, you know, actually I've had a great career. I'm good. You, you know, that's a possibility. Yeah. And that, that's what, that's what I'm kind of like on the fence about, because I did watch the, the, the what you're talking about after the game where he, you know, grabbed the mic and, and I also did watch uh, the post game, you know, where he's talking about whatever, whatever, you know, it's just it's it's hard to think that yes he's saying goodbye to Tennessee but I don't know where he would go next I don't know what Derrick Henry's worth at this point in his career I want to know if he would yeah if he would just hang up the cleats it's a it's, a, it's one that we'll just have to wait and see what happens kind of thing definitely and uh, next game we'll talk about briefly is the Green Bay Packers defeating the Chicago Bears and this is more so a statement for them because I think a lot of people were on the Bears in this game as kind of a sleeper to win and knock the Green Bay Packers out and. Jordan Love had a awesome performance in this game just to kind of, I, I would say, not prove the doubters wrong, but, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, this Bears defense is playing awesome. You know, this Packers offense is also playing good. But I think a lot of people thought that maybe the last few weeks, Jordan Love's performances haven't been against the best defenses in the league. And I think this uh, this definitely gives me a little bit of confidence. Not necessarily that they're going to win in the playoffs, but I think that they can give the Cowboys trouble a little bit in that playoff game. I and mean, maybe this is just me being a little, you know, recency bias with the way Jordan loves played, but it's not nothing, I guess. And even if he doesn't play well in the playoff game, I do think this is something to build on. I think he's the guy in green Bay. Uh, I don't think that that's in question. I think they're probably going to extend him. Um, and if you're the bears, I mean, like you, you already eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, this is fine. A fine result. I mean, it was 17 to nine. It was a one score game. Um, well, well, I don't know that I want to talk about the bears much, but do you have any thoughts on the Packers? Um, yeah, man, this is a good win for Jordan love, get him into the playoffs. 
Um, I, I do see one, the only problem I really have with Jordan Love going into the playoffs, um, not necessarily a problem because it's good that he made it there. You know, I do agree with you. I think he is the guy in Green Bay. I think this being his first season, it's a pretty good season to have. Um, he outpassed any, uh, this single season in passing yards, he, he outdid any single Chicago Bear to ever exist. Yeah. Every, and the Bears have been in the league for, I think it's 60 something seasons. Yes, very well. past 60 something seasons, they haven't passed for as many yards as Jordan Love has this year. That being said, good season, Jordan Love, but he has no playoff experience whatsoever. Like he had no, no starting experience at the beginning of the year. So you almost have to look at this as like rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and, is his rookie year. That's what it is. And, and, and you have to look at this like rookie year. And that being said, um, I will say I like CJ Stroud more than I like Jordan Love. If we were talking about rookie year going into the playoffs, I think I'd put mm-hmm. more more faith in the Texans and CJ Sheldon Jordan love. That's my, but um, you know, they are also liable to put up a good amount of points and he's liable to have good days and he's also liable to have bad days. So it's really just going to depend if he shows up or not in the playoffs, but yeah, let's uh, let's move to this next one. Cause it's it, this one is like what gets scary. Yeah. A team that did not show up on Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles take an L to the New York giants, 27 to 10. And I, I would argue that this is probably the like the worst vibes of any of these playoff teams going into the playoffs. The Eagles take the cake, as if you ask me. I mean, the injuries that we spoke about at the open of the show, the way that the defense has completely just fallen off a cliff since last year. And I mean, even the offense is completely just discombobulated right now. I, I mean, it's nothing looks easy for them anymore as it did last, even early in the season. What's what's funny to think about, man, is you think about the the NFC and the AFC, and you would have never thought, especially after last year's Super Bowl, you would have never thought that the Eagles and the Chiefs would be the two shaky, I guess you could say shakiest teams going into these playoffs, you know, like as far as confidence goes and morale boost and all this. I would argue the teams with the most questions, you know, facing them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you both go, it, they both made it back to the playoffs and they both have talented rosters. Like Patrick Mahomes, you never know what he's going to do in the playoffs. Man, if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, no one's going to be surprised. Right. But if the Chiefs go out first round, I don't think that many people will be surprised either if they lose to Miami. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. And, and it's almost the same way with these Eagles. You know, if, if the Eagles make it to the Super Bowl or even the NFC Championship against the Niners, no one's going to be surprised. Right. But, but if they, you know, if they lose first round, yes, it's going to suck because people are going to be like, wow, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it's also like I kind of would – it's not that I didn't see that coming, you know, before the game started. So yeah. those two teams, it's just crazy to me that in the, the position that they are as far as confidence and um, I, I guess I should say odds going forward. So. Yeah, and, and this loss, uh, they lose the division uh, after Dallas also beats Commander. So the Dallas Cowboys win the the NFC East for the first time in what I think it was. Did they win two years ago? Um, yes, it was yeah. uh, Cowboys Eagles last year. Cowboys again this year. Yeah, so uh, good for the Cowboys, and uh, we'll we'll see how this Eagles team is going to fare. We'll talk about them in the uh, preview for the wild card round. So, and the last game we're going to talk about was the Sunday night football game, where you know it's unfortunate that. By the time we got to the game that we found out that the Bills had already clinched a playoff spot due to the other game result with the Jags loss. And so really this was more so going to be important for seeding. I, I wasn't sure what kind of team we were going to see come out of, you know, for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and yeah, I mean, they came out still very motivated. I think that 
it, it proved that they just wanted to keep the momentum that they have. And obviously the, the Dolphins, we talked about it last week, how with, with this Dolphins team, the, the injuries that have stacked up and, I mean, the players that they were playing without in this game uh, with Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert being out, I mean, it's just hard for them to rely on Tua to continue to play at a high level whenever the offense is built around the quality of skill players. Uh, I mean, it showed that Tua has a lot of trouble relying on secondary options outside of really Tyreek Hill when he's forced to, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that the the Dolphins are really going to have to rely on A-Chan um, if oh, Waddle yeah. and, you know, you have to really hope. And that's another guy, dude, that's a rookie going into these playoffs who's had a really good rookie uh, rookie season. I know he's been on and off injuries. Um, so he's missed a few games this year. But when he plays, he plays well. And, he you know, he right. really contributes and does his does his part. But as a rookie, do you, you know, they're really going to have to rely on him to carry the whole running back load pretty much. Um, I know they have another guy. I can't remember who Jeff it is. Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always get him and Elijah Mitchell mixed up for some reason. Because they were both 49ers running backs. Yeah, that were the and with, 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 with Mostert, too. Like, yeah, they were all three. Yeah, yeah. so it was <laughs> – I always get them mixed up. But um, they're going to really rely on A-Chan to be the main guy. And then Tyree Kill is going to get open. Um it's just that can you really go to Tyreek Hill every play? You know, I think that's what's going to hurt the Dolphins. So, other than that, man, good win for the Bills. Uh, good comeback, second half of the year. Really huge, uh, dude. Really put it all together. It's crazy. If you would have told me the Bills, I mean, I think it was like week like twelve or thirteen, and we we're just like, dude, the Bills might miss the playoffs. Like we don't, we don't think they're going to make the playoffs. It, and then they, yeah. and then they end up in the two seed. It's like yeah. crazy. It was really. I think it might have been after that Broncos loss. Uh, yeah, that that's we what were, it was. Every, everybody was totally off the uh, Buffalo scent. And I think that had you told us that they were going to end up being the two seed and winning the division, it would have been quite quite a long shot. I think the odds were actually like close to plus 2,000, maybe plus 3,000 for them to win the division at that point. Uh, so, I mean, really, really amazing comeback for them uh, this second half or really last third of the season. Uh, but going into uh, the, I guess, next portion of our shortened show. I mean, I guess it's kind of shortened. I mean, there's not even any games that we have to talk about. None of the others really matter. I mean, the draft order is set. That's the only other thing that we can talk about, really, is the, the top five is set. So it's going to be really interesting uh, to see what these teams at the top do. We have the uh, Chicago Bears with the number one pick, as they have had locked up for a little bit. But then we also have the Washington Commanders getting the number two overall pick. We had the New Orleans Patriots getting the number three overall pick. So, uh, I mean, right now it's looking like maybe we get quarterback, quarterback, quarterback at the top of the draft. And then the Cardinals at number four. So, uh, Kyler Murray, congratulations. You now are Marvin Harrison Jr.'s quarterback. And number five, the Chargers, who have a lot of options they could go with if that's, you know, if that's how the top four go. So, um, we'll, we'll talk more about the draft come draft time. But, uh, you know, just something to keep an eye on with those, especially those teams at the top that we think are definitely going to be going quarterback. All right, so we're going to go move on to this next segment. And what I did is I went back to our uh, third podcast we ever recorded and pretty much inserted all of our picks from the preseason uh, to who was going to make the playoffs, NFC Championship, our Super Bowl pick. Uh, you know, these were our, as you called them, lottery tickets uh, to start the season. And I'm going to go ahead and just run through um, mine uh, as far as NFC, AFC goes, just for making the playoffs. And then you can run through yours. And we'll go from there. Um, so my NFC making the playoffs, I got the Eagles check, Cowboys check, missed on the Seahawks. I picked the Seahawks, 
the Niners, check. The Saints did not make the playoffs. The Lions made the playoffs, and the Vikings did not make the playoffs. So I went, um, I got four right and three wrong. And the AFC, I really like dropped the bag on the AFC this year. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. But to make the playoffs, I took the Jets. Um, this is all preseason, mind you. Um, I got the Chiefs, the Jags, the Bengals, the Bills, the Steelers, and the Chargers. So for the AFC, I went three and four. I got the Chiefs, uh, the Bills, and the Steelers all in the playoffs. And um, Peyton, you want to go ahead and give your uh, who made the playoffs for you? Um, yeah, sure. I, right, in, the, in our preview before the season started, I had the 49ers making it, the Eagles making it, I had the Falcons winning the South. That did not happen, uh, unfortunately. But then we had the Detroit Lions had them winning the division. And then the Cowboys as the wild card and the Seahawks and the Saints. So those last two missed, the Falcons missed, and then the other four. Uh, I believe we had those four in the same for four. the NFC. Yep. Yeah. We and did. then the AFC, I think we were kind of close. Uh, I think I had one team that you did not. So – um, I, I had the Chiefs, I had the Bills, and then I had the Ravens making it. But I had oh, and the Dolphins, so I went four for three. But the three that I had missing it um, were the Jags, Chargers, and Bengals. So not great. So, but I mean, we're we're pretty close as far as our accuracy goes. So I'll take five hundred, I guess. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially before the season starts. My NFC Championship is still possible. Your NFC and AFC Championship are both still possible. Um, still live. Uh, I have the Eagles and the Cowboys playing in the NFC Championship, and I have the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. And I had the AFC Championship being the Bengals versus the Jets. I went like super interesting, oh, thinking, yeah, I thinking that. Aaron Rodgers was gonna, you know, maybe do something for the Jets with their defense. Uh, but he's been out all season, and so has Joe Burrow, which has really hurt my prediction. But I had the Cowboys over the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and that is no longer possible. Peyton, go ahead and give us yours because yours is very possible. Yeah, yeah. In the NFC, I had the uh, Cowboys and the Niners playing in the NFC Championship, which I believe that's now the favorite for the matchup with the Eagles losing and the Cowboys now having home field advantage all the way through and uh, them being the one and two seed, obviously. And then the AFC, it's probably unlikely. I I haven't looked at how the the playoff bracket's going to play out, but uh, we may or may not get this based on seeding. But I had the Chiefs playing the Bills, so it's possible that the Bills are able to host the Chiefs whenever that time comes. Um, but yeah, both of these are still in play. And my Super Bowl prediction was the Buffalo Bills uh, beating the Cowboys. So that's still very much in play with how both of those teams are playing their best ball at the end of the season. So, Yeah, I've, I've looked at the possibilities. Um, it is not possible for that to happen. Buffalo is going to have to play Kansas City if they both win in the first round. Okay, well, thank because you for doing that research. Either, <laughs> either if, well, I have a bracket right here. Me and Connor went through his predictions. And if... Cleveland or Houston win, they're going to have to play Baltimore either way because they're the lower seed. So uh-huh. either it. way. Okay. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and move into this wild card round. We'll give our preview and our predictions for the first round of the playoffs. And we're going to get into the NFC first. And we're going to talk about the two seed. We're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We have Green Bay going to Dallas. Um, and they have Dallas minus seven and a half points. Yeah, I this is like begging you to to tease this down and get it to like Dallas minus one Five. and a half or, or yeah, or uh, even two and a half. And I, I would probably, you know, I would probably lean on this being Dallas minus seven and a half. I, this green Bay defense, it, it may not show uh, in some of the last few weeks, but this green Bay defense isn't good. And if there's an offense that's going to take advantage of a 
less than average defense, it's going to be this Dallas Cowboys offense. I think that CeeDee Lamb, it, I mean, Jair Alexander is still going to be, I believe he's going to be playing this game. And he he might lock up CD a bit, but I mean, I, I think that there's too many weapons on this Dallas Cowboys offense. I mean, even guys like, I think that Cavante Turpin could have like a huge game. This it, 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 There's a lot of chances for you to get downfield opportunities against the Screen Bay Packers uh, defense. And you're, you're I mean, saying Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, Cavante Turpin. Brandon Cooks. I mean, for... even, I mean, heck, even uh, Jalen Tolbert might have a touchdown in this game. I mean, there's, there's other guys that are going to be, even if they are not the most capable wide receivers for the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to be able to take advantage of this back end for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I don't, I don't know necessarily that they're going to be successful running the ball. Uh, I mean, they have, the Cowboys have had their struggles running the, this season, but they don't really care. I mean, they, they can win just passing at this point, especially in the first round. So, yeah, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Dallas wins this by 10. On the Green Bay side of things, I, I actually am really interested to see how Jordan Love plays. I actually think that this is a very important game for Jordan Love because the Dallas defense, it, it's been good, but the passing defense hasn't been as dominant as it was, you know, middle of the season. It's kind of fallen off a bit, and I think that, Jordan Love has been okay under pressure as well. So, I mean, even if, you know, Micah and Demarcus Lawrence can apply pressure in the pocket, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Jordan Love reacts, especially in his first playoff game. Um, and I think that the storyline in this game is really cool with the the um, you know, the Green Bay-Dallas playoff history that there's been with the Dez catch, with the Jared Cook catch. Uh, you know, obviously, Dallas was on the wrong side of both of those. And Mike McCarthy was the coach for the backers at those times. So it'll be interesting to also see like Mike McCarthy playing against his old team. You know, th there's, there's some storyline aspects that are interesting outside of just the matchups on the field. Yeah. And I, I like Dallas to win this game. I mean, I, I have to say that, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I like Dallas to win this game. Uh, you know, two seeds should be the seven seed 97% of the time, 96% of the time. Um, I think Dallas is just a better football team in general. Uh, Dak has more experience, especially in the playoffs. I know he hasn't had that many playoff wins, but he has been in this scenario a lot of times. Um, and you know, we've already said it, man, fresh, fresh Jordan love coming into the playoffs for the first time. Yeah. There's, there's a cool story with the Mike McCarthy. Um, and I think that's going to make it a little more interesting that the fact that he was the coach at green Bay the last two times Dallas has lost to green Bay in the playoffs. Um, but you know, Dallas, I, I take him to win. And uh, moving forward, man, I, I think this is a way more interesting story. Talking about going to your old team and seeing your old coach and this, that, and the other, man. We got the Rams going to Detroit to play the Lions. So you have Matthew Stafford coming home to Detroit with Sean McVay, who used to coach the quarterback for the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, and they have Detroit minus three and a half. I couldn't agree with you more. This is probably the most storyline-laden matchup of the wild card round. I mean, you name it. There's, there's, like you said, Stafford versus the Lions, Goff versus McVay. You have Dan Campbell coaching in his first playoff game. Uh, the Lions are hosting their first playoff game, and God knows how long. I, can, I can't tell you the last time. It was probably before we were born. Maybe. Yeah. We, I might have just come out of the womb when they last hosted a playoff <laughs> game, for all I know. Uh, but, I, I mean, even the storylines with the Rams, with all the rookies and making their, and it really the second year players making their first appearance at, in the playoffs. So even some of the lions guys too. I mean, some of these lions guys have been around for forever and this is their first time they're getting a shot at it. So 
I mean, the other storylines are on the Lions side of things, the injuries that they have between Laporta and even, uh, I believe, Khalif Raymond is also hurt, which not a name that like a lot of people probably think as, oh, important piece, but he's been a guy that they look for in certain situations on the offense uh, for the Lions. So this line is three and a half for Detroit. And holy, I'm just like super tempted. And this is going to be, I think, a really popular way that people lean this week. I think people are going to really be tempted to go Rams. And I think I'm going to take the bait because I I think that if Laporta and Raymond aren't playing in this game, more more so the Laporta factor because he has been such a key cog for this Detroit Lions offense that without that reliable safety valve, and not only not just safety valve, I mean Laporta is a pass catching threat all over the field. He's he you could throw to him deep down the field if you want to as well. But he's I mean, I don't know the target share they had over the year, but I would imagine that it's probably close to like twenty ish percent of the targets in this Lions offense. And you, those are gonna have to go to other options that are A, not as experienced, and B, just haven't been relied upon this season. I mean, you're going to be throwing to guys like Jameson Williams, who has had his moments, but has shown to be an unreliable receiver in high volume. And then, I mean, there's like there's probably going to be some backup tight ends that are thrown in there. It's just one of those things that whenever a guy like this is out of a game in an offense like the Lions, it changes what they want to do entirely. They're still going to be able to run the ball, I think, decently. Uh, but I, this Rams team is one that can put up a ton of points. I mean, this offense is humming with Matthew Stafford back healthy with Puka Nakua. And, I mean, even guys like Demarcus Robinson has all of a sudden become a good wide receiver again. Uh, Kyron Williams obviously running the ball at a impressive clip. And I, I don't see any way that that stops with this Lions defense being okay but not great. I mean, do you see that any differently? Um. Yeah, I, I want to say, man, pop off, Rambler. You man, you you yeah, love. Pop, you, that, you, that, that yeah, was that was a that was a <laughs> Rambler special. pop off. Yeah, wow. But I'm gonna go ahead and give my take on this game, man. I agree with you. I th- I think the sexy look at this is the Rams. Um, they're they're kind of like everyone's sexy team. Uh, you know, you called the Lions a sexy team at, in the NFC preview. Um, and I I think it's kind of turned around, man. I think the Rams are this sexy team coming into the playoffs. It, absolutely. And everyone kind of wants to hop on that wave, I think, because, I mean, you know, they were really slept on early in the season, really a lot like the Bills on the other side, um, you know, had a had a really bad start and really just turned on the Jets second half of the season to get to where they are. And I'm, I'm going to take the Rams, but I'm going to take them at the plus three and a half. I think this game's going to be really close. You know, I think it's going to be a field goal type game. Um but yeah, give me McVay uh, over Dan Campbell um, in the Lions. Yeah. I think this might record. be might be the best game all week, uh, like just entertainment wise. I, I think yeah, that it I might think have, I think so too. It might have the most points scored in it as a whole. Um, even and I mean the the spread is so close that whenever it's a high scoring game, like it's probably going to be a one down to the wire. Whoever has the ball last, maybe we'll we'll yeah. see whenever that time comes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Let's go ahead and move on to this next game. Um, this one's going to be one that has a lot of eyes on it too, because everyone wants to know what this Philadelphia team is going to look like, uh, this first round of the playoffs. So we have Philly going to Tampa Bay. Um, Philadelphia is minus two and a half on the road. Uh, what, what do you think about this game here? I, I think people are probably going to be really on Tampa Bay this, in this game, like as a money line possibility. I, I think that people, especially with it being in Tampa Bay, people are probably going to say that, you know, Philly 
is already out of sorts. They they had a players only meeting. I think that AJ Brown led. Uh, Jason Kelsey has also you know come out and uh, noted the the pers- the personal struggles within the team a little bit. And it it seems like right now they they kind of have to have a come to Jesus moment right after that Giants loss. And I I think this is a I know I said it last week that oh I think the Giants game's a huge bounce back week for the Eagles. I just believe in the, I guess I would say culture of the team uh, that Sirianni has. And I know that's such a cop-out answer, but I think that they kind of get their heads out of their butt a little bit and say, look, we we made it to the Super Bowl last year. This is There hasn't been that much turnover to call for th- this team to be as discombobulated as it has been the second half of the season. I, I think that there's a possibility that maybe the Philadelphia Eagles just kind of outman the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I think that Tampa can do some nice things offensively, but I think that unless Tampa is just able to have a awesome game through the air, which they they have been able to, because Philly's past defense has been garbage. Uh, Really a whole defense has been not great over the second half of the season, Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I I, I don't think Tampa is not going to win this game. I think there's a chance they do. Uh, if they can have a great offensive output. But if they just have an average day on offense, I think that Philly's going to be able to just outman them. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I I think that Tampa Bay has a good chance um, in this game. I, I really do think this is more of like a 55-45 game um, with the injuries that Philly might have. And with Tampa Bay actually being kind of a threat, especially their offense. Um, their offense has been doing well. Baker's been playing all right. Um, the two and a half is really tempting. That 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 number is probably spot on. Uh, right. It's probably really close. So for me, I I can't stand Philadelphia. I really want Tampa Bay to beat them by thirty. <laughs> but right. if I had to pick a winner in this game, I'm probably going to take Philadelphia. So all right, let's that that concludes our NFC uh, wild card uh, matchups. Let's move over to the other side of the uh, playoff picture and let's move to the AFC. Where we'll start with the two seed as well. Um, in the seven seed matchup, we have Pittsburgh going to Buffalo, and they have the Buffalo Bills minus ten at home. You know, I, I've learned, and I think that you've taught me this over this season that the Buffalo Bills, while they are a great team, that they play to their competition, and I, I think that Pittsburgh can cover that ten. There's supposed to be bad weather. It's supposed to be like snowy and like wet in Buffalo supposedly, which obviously they're used to playing like that, but that usually calls for a, a lower scoring game and a lower scoring game against a team like the Steelers, where they, they are the Kings of just mucking things up and making games ugly, especially over the last couple of years. I think they Six, can cover 10 points. 16, nine. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be stupid, ugly. This is not going to be a fun game to watch at all. No, I, I agree. But I, I, I see, I've been on that Buffalo thing as well. You know, they played to their competition. They really do. I mean, I, it's it's stayed true pretty much all year. But I, I like Buffalo to win this game still, obviously. I think Buffalo moves on to the next round. Pittsburgh, you know, makes the playoffs good on them with what they worked with all year. Um, but I, I just see Buffalo being the better team in general. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Buffalo to win. I don't know about by 10, especially because of the weather conditions. Yeah. But I'll, I'll take them to win, no doubt. Um, let's go ahead and move on to this uh, next matchup. We have this is probably uh, my probably the most interesting in the AFC. Um, the next one's pretty good too, but we have the Miami Dolphins, the six seed, going to Kansas City, who is the three seed, and Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City is favored by three and a half points in Arrowhead. Yeah, and uh, listeners, I, look, I don't condone breaking the law, but uh, 
this is not going to be on national TV. This is going to be the first exclusive streaming playoff game in the history of the NFL, and you're going to have to watch this on Peacock. So, uh, you know, are you get serious? Your, get your ducks in a row accordingly, <laughs> Parker. Is that that actually, includes you, apparently. Is that actually a thing? That is actually a thing. So if you don't have Peacock, uh, you oh, know, do dude, what if you I'm a Miami, do. if I'm a Miami or Kansas City fan, I am livid. Well, what do you mean it's, it's playoff football? What do you mean it's not on national TV? <laughs> that's just i'm only i'm the messenger don't shoot me no that's not what i'm saying but oh my <laughs> gosh dude like what is what is what is it coming to dude oh my you can't get you can't get playoff football on on regular cable imagine the people who get... don't know like you if i wouldn't have told you it was on peacock and come i think it's a sunday game would you have like what would you have done if I had to I would, do that, I would have paid the fourteen ninety nine or whatever the hell it is to sign up. I mean, and made <laughs> the account, but that's just crazy. That's nuts. Um, okay, but other than that, let's let's get into the game. Um, sure. Maybe I'll pay to watch it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. So the, these teams did play each other earlier in the season. This was the Germany game, and the Kansas City Chiefs, as you might remember, won that game where the Dolphins had a chance to win it at the end. Uh, they had a pretty bad last drive collapse. And, uh, you know, you, you got to think that they probably have a chip on their shoulder coming into this one. Would like to get that one back. Uh, but this is a little bit of a different Miami Dolphins team than at that point in the season. So uh, they're going to Kansas City. And I, I am of the opinion that I think that, which this is probably not a hot take. I think that that game was close in Germany. But. Like I said, this is an insane Dolphins team, and I think that Kansas City could win this one by at least a touchdown. Um, this one for me is almost – I'm on the opposite side, man. I think this game is almost like oh, a coin flip wow. because I don't think either of these teams are the same team they were when they were in Germany. I, think, I would argue the Kansas City Chiefs are because they've been the same the whole the whole damn season. I mean, I don't know, man, but they're not the Kansas City of the past. They're not the same Kansas City. Right. So, and, and Patrick Mahomes has got done nothing but gotten more frustrated with each of his pass catchers. Um, everyone on on their receiving end is on a, is on a down year. Um, Patrick Mahomes is playing some of his. I mean, because they're not catching the ball, that he's not. But he's playing some of his best football. I mean, he is actually he is now a, vet, a certified veteran in the league. He has been in the league long enough. He's been there long enough. He's um, won enough Super Bowls. He is now like you know head honcho. Right. And this team just is making him look bad, and I don't, I don't like it. And Patrick Mahomes, after this round, let's say he wins, he doesn't, he doesn't get to play at home more than likely. Um, uh, no, and, probably not. And, and and that's that's also not a good look going forward. Um, but just to focus on this game, I actually like Miami uh, to to maybe step up and step up to the batter's box and, and step up to the plate and win. Okay. I, I like that we're finally deferring on at least one of them because we've agreed up to this point. I know there's only six games, so the likelihood is probably going to be thinking that most of the favorites are going to end up being on the winning side of it. Maybe maybe that Detroit game is the only one that we might think so far that there might be an upset there. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I commend you for sticking with this Miami team. I, I'm There's definitely a ch chance that they just are explosive and – make a mess out of this Kansas City defense has been pretty good up to this point in the I, season. So I mean really what it comes down to is dude, this is gonna be a coaching masterclass. I mean yeah I, I, I would say I would say both teams on both sides of the ball have equal talent. Uh but, sure. I mean I guess like but, as a whole. Yeah. As I, a I whole as a whole, that. I would say they have equal talent. And 
yeah, you know, you obviously take Patrick Mahomes over Tua, but you obviously take Tyreek Hill way before Rasheed Rice or right, Kadarius right. Tony or Marcus right. Vadaskin. So it, it, I think it all balances out. And Travis Kelsey isn't having the season he's had in the prior years. Mm-hmm. Um, so y'all, I also take that into account. I'm not taking away from Travis being a big threat, but right. this year he has definitely taken a step back from what he's used to. So I'm I'm going to stick with the Miami team. You like Kansas City. We'll see yep. what happens, or we'll pay to see what happens if you would like to. Um, <laughs> let's 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 go ahead and move on to the last matchup in the AFC, and this one I think will be the closest game in the AFCs in the AFC um, matchups that we've talked about so far. And it's the Cleveland Browns going to Houston to play C.J. Stroud in his first playoff game um, in the NFL, and they have Cleveland minus two and a half. I am a big proponent of the Cleveland Browns this week. I know I, I love the CJ Stroud just rookie season as much as anybody else has. We already talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the show. You know, I wax poetic about him enough, but I I think that this Cleveland Browns defense, it, it does, it might not seem like it, but I mean, I know Joe Flacco is having a great season. And a lot of people are going to say that the, the, all the offensive side of the ball, like Joe Flacco, his resurgence is the reason why they might win this game. When I'm of the opinion that the Cleveland Browns have had one of the most historically dominant seasons that we've seen, even if it doesn't really seem like it. I I think that this defense is one of the unsung stories of the league. If you're not like really, really plugged in to what's going on. And I think that there's a chance that this is CJ Stroud's, I I don't want to say he's welcome to the NFL moment, but it's very naive, I think, of people to think that C.J. Stroud, as great of the seasons he's had, is going to go into a playoff game and just immediately hit the ground running and be just as good as he has been all season. He's still going to make some plays, but I think he's going to realize just the quality of team that you are playing in a playoff situation, especially this particular defense, is a totally different animal than you playing the Colts at, in a elimination game. That's the way I would view it. Yeah, yes, I, I agree on that. I, I actually like the Brown side in this. I think the Browns are going to win, but I do think this is going to be a really good matchup. And I, I the reason I say that is because, like we've gone back to before, I mean, everyone has based the, okay, when you need it moment, CJ Stroud can do it. We all based it on the last playoff game from last year that we had already talked about. Right. So going into this game, it's, it's almost like, okay, well, if, if we have faith that this guy can do it in those moments, then this is the time to do it. So... I see it. I see him playing well. I don't see them winning the game, but I see him playing well enough to keep this game within a score and possibly within a field goal and make it a close matchup. As where Miami and Kansas City, I see that being a seven point game. I don't know who's going to win, but I see that being like a uh-huh. touchdown game. And then Pittsburgh Buffalo, I see that being like an eight point game. So sure. Um, I I just think this is the closest matchup in the AFC as far as final score goes. Um, but I'm going to take Cleveland. To win, I actually like Cleveland to go to the um, AFC Championship as well. Um, wow. I, my, okay. I like them. I like them to play the Ravens, and I think if any team in the AFC is gonna beat the Ravens, I think it's gonna be the Browns, just because yeah, of the division rivalry. And the, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it seems like that's kind of like a, a popular pick if those two were to to match up against each other. That like, oh, if there's a team that's gonna give the Ravens trouble, it's the Browns for for several reasons, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, th- that's really it for our Harvard preview. It's so interesting and a d- weird feeling doing a, you know, such less slate of games. 
Oh, wait till we get to the NFC Championship and like we only have to talk about right. two games. Well, I, I, I think I, I like it because we can go a little bit more in depth. I mean, we're not like sitting here, I mean, studying rosters. Maybe I do a little bit, but like I, it, I like that we can talk a lot about the individual matchups on each side of the ball a little bit more. Uh, you know, I mean, because we got to focus on every game during the middle of the season because every game matters, truthfully. Right. There's some yeah. that have less interest, but I mean, they really all matter. And at this point, we have we have so much more time that we can allocate to giving these games the attention that they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with that being said, that we are done with our preview for the first round of the playoffs, the wild card round, we are going to go ahead and get into our betting bros. And with betting bros, as you guys know, uh, we've had the season going on through the regular season. And now the regular season's over, we're going to shift into the postseason. And we're going to continue doing it uh, up to the Super Bowl, as I stated. And in the first week of the playoffs, uh, as it currently stands, the total for Parker is he's, he is making a climb back to, to getting closer to break even. Uh, he's still got a ways to go. But he's the Cardinals eight. field goal last week killed me. Oh, my God. That would have been huge for you. I would have went three for three. Yeah, I needed that yeah. bad. Yeah, so you went two for three, though, and uh, you are now only down uh, $829.50. So you're, you're only down three figures as opposed to four figures as you were yeah. last week. So that's a, that's a good good momentum. See if you can build on it. And um, I actually went three for three last week. So. Pretty good week for me. So uh, $651.97 in the green. And this week, Parker, let's go ahead and hear your long shots. I don't know if you're going to go super long shots because if we're going to do Super Bowl prop bets, you might just wait till then to like just do some crazy stuff to come back. No, I'm doing some long shots. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm definitely uh, really, really loading up the cannon here. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to start with my first game and all three of my uh, picks are upsets. The way I decided to do this is just what three upsets are more, most likely to happen. And I took those money lines and I'm hoping these three upsets do happen. And I got Miami uh, first over the Chiefs money line at plus 154. Um, I just I, I just had to pick them. You know, uh, it yeah. was hard to go through and see any other possibilities. So my second one is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line at plus 130 in Tampa Bay. They're playing at home. Last year, lost to the Cowboys, had a pretty bad showing in the playoffs. I'm thinking that this year maybe they can look a little better and possibly get a win over this uh, Philadelphia team that's looked really shaky. And my lock is going to be Matthew Stafford and the Rams going back to Detroit to beat Detroit at plus 144. That is my lock of the week. Can you pay me a visit? Send me <laughs> some it. magazines. Well, uh, I'm going to go with my more uh, even-keeled picks because I'm just chilling up at the top. I'm, I'm vibing. And I'm going to go ahead and take the first pick that I have is the Dallas Cowboys minus 7.5. I, I like them. As I t said, I think that they could win this game by double digits against this pretty bad Green Bay defense, especially the back end of the defense. And with my second pick, I'm actually going to go with that uh, ugly, ugly game that we talked about. I'm going to take the Steelers plus 10. I don't think they're going to win the game by any means, but I think that they can keep it within at least eight points just because it's going to get ugly up there in Buffalo. And then my lock of the week is going to be Cleveland minus two and a half visiting the Houston Texans. And those are my picks of the week. Those are your picks of the week. And we're done with the show. For the time being, I mean, that's really all I got. The only thing I want to say and remind our listeners is that we do have the uh, playoff contest, the two-piece playoff challenge. So if you are interested, the deadline to join that is going to be Friday because the games start on Saturday, and I'm not going to be hounding people on Saturday morning asking if you're one to join. If you want in, Friday is when you need to contact us. So let us know. And and, and your lineup, 
Uh, I would recommend your lineup being sent by Friday at midnight um, the night before. Yeah. Is that, is that when you want to do that? Or do you like doing it at game time? No. Uh, okay. So I, your lineups, as long as they come in before game time, that's all I care about. They just have they to are, be in their time stamped on Saturday. Yeah, they're time-stamped over text, so it's got to be Correct. before kickoff. If you don't get your lineup in before kickoff, your lineup's invalid. Correct. So if you are interested, DM us. We'll send you the rules. We'll send you how it's structured. Uh, i tell you any of the information. Uh, otherwise, Parker, that's all we got this week. Anything you want to hey, say? Man. Nah, man, that was, a, that was a good pod. Good luck to all your teams this week that are playing in the playoffs. Um, we got some college football to go watch, so I'm excited. All right, man. We'll take it easy. Talk to you next week. All right, man. Peace.